Hello, welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Will Haycox, and joining me is my co-host, Gabe O'Sullivan. We're men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. How's it going, Gabe? Doing great, man. Welcome back. Welcome back. I appreciate you guys joining us again. This will be episode 55, if our calculations are correct. And uh, we just finished up the third part of the uh, God's Sovereignty series that we're in right now. This is going to be part four, and we're going to tie it all back together. Uh, This will be probably the last or the next to last part in this little series. And this one we're going to talk about. We've already discussed God's sovereignty. Uh, We have plenty of that. Uh, If you want to know what God's sovereignty means in general, uh, we do our best as men who aren't theologians to explain that to you in the first couple of parts of this series. And then we try to talk about how God is good and explain God's goodness and love a little bit in the last episode. So this one, the question we're going to talk about is, what does God's sovereignty mean in relation to why God would allow my child to die? Mm. So that's a that's a big question. Uh, it's a hard question. That's probably, if you're a believer, that's probably one of the first questions that you think of after you lose a child. Um, and really, this probably isn't what you want to hear, but the first thing that we're going to have to say is we don't really have a perfect answer. If we sure. did, we could give it to you and it would solve all of your problems and all of your your frustrations and your anger and you'd you'd be good you'd be in perfect relationship but and and i'll just say this this question too can even go into why did why did god allow anything Mm -hmm. that was really awful and miserable and terrible in Mm -hmm. my life to occur that you know again that i didn't bring upon myself Mm -hmm. right like that just happened to us right mm-hmm. so i think that can even if you're not if you haven't suffered the loss of a child but you listen to the show then don't like shut your ears mm-hmm. because this can apply to anything for you or for somebody that you might know mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean there's probably a lot more people out there who have gone through the death of a loved one in a car wreck or to cancer sure. mm-hmm. uh, lost a job uh, been divorced um, you know, all these different things out there that could happen. And yeah, you're right. You know, how can a good God allow these things? And, and what does that mean that a good God allows my wife to leave me and take mm. our kids? Mm. You know, like, you know, that's just, that's a question that anyone who's a believer, anyone who has any relationship with God, I'm sure you've had that or hope you've had that question because that means you're thinking deeply about your situation. So like we said, we don't have an answer we can't give you this perfect answer. This is why your child died. This is why your, you know, your loved one died in an unexpected car wreck when they were young. And we don't necessarily have an answer that says, you know, this bad thing happened. So here are these five good things are going to happen. So we can't give you perfect certainty and we can't give you all the answers you want. But we do have scripture and what we can know from it and how it can give us comfort. So the first scripture we want to go to today is James 1, verses 2 through 4. And it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm -hmm. So that's a a heavy passage. Yeah, um, yeah. man, I remember reading that, you know, Mm -hmm. after after the girls had passed and... Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, I can't, I can't do this, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't count this joy right now. Like, I am in such pain and turmoil. How in the world am I supposed to? How in the world am I supposed to count this joy? Mm-hmm. Right. That was. I mean, did you feel the same way? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, reading this passage in the the days and weeks after it probably was a few weeks uh, that I actually read this passage after we lost our son. But yeah, I mean. Like we just said, you know, whether it's it's a divorce, whether it's an unexpected death of a loved one, counting it joy is not the first thing that comes across your mind. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's right in a sense that, like, you know, it would be weird if you if you lost your your wife and you just yeah. like sat down and you're like, yay, thank you, God, for yeah. letting my wife. Thanks die. for letting me learn this lesson. Like, right. yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that is not how humans respond to bad things, no. and God knows that He's not. Uh, he's not unaware of how humans think and react. But I think what we can take from that is, and I think, and I don't want to say something the passage doesn't say, so I'll let you jump in here after I say this, Gabe, but you know, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect. You may be perfect and complete. I think this is more for you know reflecting. Like This is for the believer who is in the midst of a trial, but who has enough separation, and I'm not saying there's a time limit on the separation, but you have enough separation, you have enough of a relationship with the Lord that you're able to be detached to a certain extent and think about what you're going through. Mm. And so you're you're reflecting on, you know, maybe you've got cancer or someone that is close to you has cancer. And you're going through those those days, those hours, those moments of treatment, and you're struggling with that. And you have a quiet moment to sit down in the hospital room and to read. And you read this passage. I think that's for you, mm. you know. And it's for everyone. But I, I, that's where I see this is I don't think I would use this passage if I come to someone's house and they just lost a child the day before. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. come to them and say, hey. Yes. Count it all joy. Yes, suck it up, yeah. man. Suck Get it off up. the couch. Right. You know, God's making you perfect and complete, so you lack in nothing. Like, no, mm-hmm. I think this is something that, you know, we can see grief is good and grief's right. You know, I've got a note down here that talks about how Jesus grieved over the death of Lazarus. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's the, the shortest verse in the Bible, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know the original Greek, but the shortest verse in the Bible, as far as we know, is Jesus wept. And Jesus then turns around and raises Lazarus from the dead and gets to eat with him and celebrate with him and hang out with him and his wife, his family. Uh, but Jesus sat down and he wept and he grieved with the family and he grieved over the loss of his friend. And I think that's all the proof we need that, that grief is a good and right thing. Mm. Because if, if it wasn't, one, Jesus wouldn't do it. And two, if it wasn't an important process, an important thing that humans need to go through... I don't know why Jesus would sit there and take the time to grieve instead of just like walking up, snapping his fingers and saying, Lazarus, wake up. Come on, man. Like, I'm not going to sit down here and cry. I'm just going to tell you to get up. We're going to go about our business. Like Jesus spent time in grief over someone he loved. And I think we can do the same thing. And I I would say two things also in relation to this verse that if you have spent time reading God's word and you know James 1, 2 through 4 mm. like it's in your brain because you've read it maybe mm-hmm. you read it a lot and you memorized it mm. 
then when you get to these times of mm-hmm. grief, of trials, of these things that are testing your faith, as it says, then that's in your brain. Because mm-hmm. you could be like, okay, like this really is terrible, awful right now, and I'm grieving. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a way that I can, I can consider this trial to be joyful. Mm-hmm. because I know the outcome of it, mm-hmm. right? So you have that in the back of your mind. I'm going back to sports analogies. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm out on Dorman's football field running. I didn't play football, but I played basketball, and we would have to go out there and, and run wind sprints on the football field and, and the track as we prepared for the upcoming basketball season. And it was, it was just awful. Mm-hmm. It was just awful, you know, running all those lines and sprints and jumping and all this terrible stuff and but in the back of our minds we were all like okay we're doing this mm-hmm. to get ourselves ready mm-hmm. for the fun of the season mm-hmm. right so that way we're we're prepared and so we knew that because we had had this experience before of playing basketball mm-hmm. and what that it felt good to be in shape versus playing basketball when mm-hmm. you're out of shape which really stinks mm-hmm. and so if we know God's word and it's hidden in our heart, then when we go through these difficult times, we can have that forethought, just like you said a minute mm-hmm. ago, of okay, this is really bad right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's okay for me to be sad. It's okay for me to grieve. Mm-hmm. But there's gonna be a time when I can consider this pure joy mm-hmm. because I know the outcome is for my good and not for my bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we see that in the example we just talked about with Jesus and Lazarus. You know, Jesus knew. Obviously, he was God's word. He knew what God would say and would think about the situation. And so he grieved over Lazarus. Like you just said, he allowed himself to sit down and to cry Mm -hmm. and to feel the pain. But he also then got up and took action. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. He reunited that family and he brought healing and he brought good out of that. And, you know, even more than that, you know, he talks about when uh, when his disciples come to him before Lazarus is, when he, Lazarus is sick and he's not dead yet, you know, he says, you know, this, uh, this suffering or this illness does not end in death, but it ends in glorifying God. And so, you know, there's the good right there that comes from Lazarus' death that he died Everyone's like, hey, Jesus, how come you weren't here? You could have healed him because they'd seen him heal people. Mm-hmm. They hadn't seen him raise anybody from the dead. So I'm sure they just assumed if you'd been here, it will have been good. Now you walk too slow from wherever you were. So, wow. you know, he died. But Jesus knew that God would be glorified more by him raising a man from dead than if he just walked up and touched him and healed him again like he had done before. And so the good that came from you losing your child may have been – you know, whatever. It could have been that you were brought closer to the Lord. It could have been you appreciate your children that you either already had or that you've had since more and that you you cherish them in a way that you didn't before because maybe you took children for granted. You know, there's there's so many different things. You know, maybe you don't know what the good is. Maybe you're still struggling and yeah. you're lost and you're feeling like, you know, how could anything good come from losing a child? And you know, maybe that that good that God is bringing to you is still far off. I mean, maybe it's months or weeks 
away or years away for you understanding it. And like we talked about, being able to sit down and reflect over you know, how God brought good things into your life through this time. And like we said at the beginning, you know, this is the same can be said for, you know, losing a job, I think is an excellent example that that destroys everything about a man. If it's if it's a devastating loss of a job that you've been in for a long period of time and you've got your identity in that job, you know, you, you're doing really well. Maybe you're making tons of money. You're in a good shape and all that. And something happens and you know, the economy's crashing and you get fired. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, what's going to happen? You know, like you're you're providing for your family. You're rolling, rocking along. Everybody's happy. You're getting you're providing for your family. You know, you got a good situation, good coworkers. And all of a sudden you lose that. And you're like, OK, so we're going to have to sell the car, sell the house, you know, take the kids out of this school we're paying for. You know, like everything can change. But maybe the good in that could be, you know, God's wanting you to slow down and care about him more and spend more time in your Bible than you were going and doing things that you were doing with all that money you were making. And that's just a random example. But there's so many things that God can do with evil that are good that we would never see and never understand if we don't open our eyes and open our hearts to him and seek to honor him and you know, over time, like we talked about with losing children, we can honor and glorify God by grieving over our children in a way that shows how much we trust God. And that means, you know, there's verses in the Bible that talk about how we don't grieve the same way that people who are not Christians grieve, because we know we've been over in this podcast several times. We believe that children go to heaven when they die. And so when they do, we can grieve as people who have hope of seeing them again. And we don't grieve in a way that says, you know, there is no hope. There is nothing good. There is, you know, no peace that I have. I'm just going to be completely eaten up by pain and grief and suffering the rest of my life. Like we can be powerful witnesses by grieving over them in a way that demonstrates like, yeah, we're destroyed by losing them. But just like that we talk about in this podcast, God has strengthened us. God has given us hope and peace in knowing that, you know, our kids are safe and they're with him and we can go and see them again. And one more example of this whole thing here is, you know, if you ever read read Genesis 50, all of Genesis, you know, kind of ends with the story of Joseph and uh, his brothers. And the whole story is basically Joseph is kind of a jerk when he's a teenager and he's like telling his brothers about his uh, his dreams he's having they're all going to worship him one day and he's the youngest and they're all like who is this guy you know like the little guy in the group that's like you guys are all gonna you know come to me one day and need something and you know i'm gonna be the one that decides so like yeah i'd probably be annoyed with him too so they sold sell him into slavery they wanted to kill him but they sell him into slavery just thinking all right we got a few bucks and we got this annoying kid out of our lives and he ends up in prison god gives him favor he ends up being the ruler of Egypt underneath Pharaoh so he's the second most powerful man in Egypt and then there's a huge famine his brothers come to him they don't know who he is but he recognizes them he provides for them gives them food brings his family to Egypt and then he reveals himself to them and after his father dies his brothers are all terrified that he's going to kill them out of you know what they would see as probably right punishment right retribution for what they did to him and you know they even make up this far as we can tell this lie that says you know hey 
our father before he died, he told us to tell you not to punish us for what we did years ago in trying to kill you and, and sell you into slavery. And it talks about Joseph just breaking down in tears and just saying, brothers, come here. I'm not going to punish you. And this verse is, is one of the last verses in Genesis, and it's an incredible testimony to God's love for us and God's power over evil. It says, Genesis 50, 20, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And that's that's just it's hard to get past that, that God is so powerful, so wise, and you know, so so amazing in his love that he takes evil and he brings good from it. Mm. And you know, he took the most evil thing that ever happened, which is the death of Christ, the only innocent and perfect person that ever lived, and he used that terrible act of killing Christ to reconcile unworthy sinners like us to himself. So the evil of Jesus' death was used to bring ultimate glory to God through Jesus paying for our sins and giving us the chance to come to God and have a relationship with him. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's hard for me to, to put into words, you know, how that makes me feel and you know, how amazing it is that our God does that. And, you know, that's somebody worth hmm. reading about, getting to know and trusting. And if, if God can reconcile and, and bring good out of Jesus' death, then we should have a little bit of trust and a little bit of faith that he can bring some good. He can glorify himself out of you know us losing a child, having marriage trouble, you know, losing a job, you know, any of these situations, that God is good and strong and powerful enough that he can bring good from it and he can redeem that situation so that there is hope and there, there is a future for us. Man, that's awesome. <clears throat> and guys, so in regards to that, have faith, right? And if you have faith, we hope that it grows. If you don't, we pray that you get it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and pray to the Lord that he would allow that to be the case for you. And he will draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Mm-hmm. So with that, we're going to end this episode. We'll continue this discussion on our next episode. Uh, so we want to uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Make sure you follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we also have an email address, which is lostboys2foundfathers at gmail.com. Um, you can check out my books on Amazon. There's That Will Be Done. Put a question mark at the at the end of that. My name is Gabriel O'Sullivan. And then also uh, you can look for my newest book, Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. You can also find that on Amazon, Apple Books, or BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, thank you for joining us, guys. Let's not be lost. Let's be found in him.